You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about knowing God intimately. One of my favorite scriptures that would illustrate this is found in Exodus chapter 33, 13. Uh, This is King James Version. Moses is praying. Listen to what he says now and think about when this is. This is after all the miracles, after the Red Sea. This is as they have come into the wilderness, uh, after the 10 plagues, after the burning bush. He's seen all these miracles. He says, now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. Moses was saying to the Lord, Lord, I've seen your works, but I want to know your ways. You can't really know the Lord if you do not know his ways. His ways are how we know his person, his character. In fact, if you think you know someone and they do something that's completely out of character, it rattles you. Uh, That's why it's so important to know the ways of God so that you can recognize circumstances for what they are. There are some circumstances in your life that do not come from God. You're not to receive them. A lot of people, and they're misguided, they're really misguided, think that as a believer that a great mark of faith is that you learn to receive everything in life that comes your way. The scripture tells me, resist the devil. He will flee from you. There are some things I'm going to resist. I'm not accepting everything that Satan throws at me. I don't have to. I have to learn to recognize what comes from God and what comes from the enemy and what is just uh, something that comes from men, from people. I don't have to receive those things that are not from the Lord. Now, One of the things you need to know about God is His ways are both natural and they are supernatural. Now, I want you to know this. A lot of people say this, and a lot of people, especially in circles where they believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, people will say, our God is a God of the supernatural. And you'll hear people say that all the time. Our God is a God of the supernatural. He can do anything. He's a God of the supernatural. A lot of people go to the extreme of suggesting, and it's error by emphasis. The error is that we suggest that if it's not supernatural, then God's not working. Now, people wouldn't necessarily say that, But we place such an emphasis on the supernatural that if something purely natural is going on, we don't see that God is working. And uh, I want you to see from the Scripture that that is not the case. Listen to Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Now pay attention to this. This is important. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, that was written after his encounter with the sages, the chief priests and scribes in Jerusalem when he was asking them questions and answering their questions, and they marveled at him. And he went back to Nazareth, was subject to his parents, but listen carefully, 
Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's the summary of his life from age 13 to the time he entered his public ministry at age 30. Now, can I ask you a question? Was God working in Jesus during that period? Absolutely. Was there anything supernatural in that period? Absolutely not. There was nothing supernatural, yet God was working. So we like to say God is a God of the supernatural, but I want you to add something to that. But he's also the God of the natural. Listen to what God said to Noah after the flood. This is Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God established these natural cycles. So here is God working the natural. I'll give you another time, uh, another example. 17 times in Scripture, you look, look it up in your concordance. It's God speaking and other people talking about it. But 17 times the land of Canaan is called the land that flows with milk and honey. Now I want to ask you a question. Are milk and honey produced by miracles? No. They are natural processes. They happen naturally. So it doesn't take a miracle for milk and honey to be produced. Yet Canaan was called the land that flows with milk and honey. Now, God gave Israel a supernatural bread. It was called manna. He gave it to them for 40 years while they wandered in the wilderness six days a week. He gave them that food. He gave them a double supply on the sixth day so they would have plenty for the Sabbath and wouldn't have to gather on the Sabbath. But the manna dried up when the children of Israel came into the land that flowed with milk and honey. Now the manna has a 40-year time frame, yet ever after that, for hundreds of years, Israel lived in the land without any manna. Listen to Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Wow. So here you see that the manna was something that God did because the children of Israel had to have a miracle. They were in the wilderness. They were not in the perfect will of God when they were in the wilderness. God wanted them to go in earlier and take possession of the land of Canaan. They refused. So he had to feed them with manna to keep them alive during that 40-year period. So what I want to show you is that the supernatural was not God's highest and best. 
that the natural processes were where he wanted to bring them. Now, we think a little bit wrong sometimes about God's ways. Let me give you another example. I hope this really makes you think. This is Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Here's the Apostle Paul saying, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I will hear preachers sometimes telling stories about a financial miracle that came to them, how that they were trusting God and someone that they didn't even know came and brought them $10,000 or $50,000 or whatever amount it might be. And I cringe when I hear that because I think about the layperson who's in the church and they fall under condemnation because they think if they had great faith, someone that they did not know would come and bring them that kind of money. And most of their money comes in exactly the way that they know it's going to come. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who is in the greater position? The person who is receiving the surprise or the person who is giving, who was not surprised by the money that he earned? Jesus said you're more blessed when you're the giver than you are being the receiver. So having a financial miracle may not be the highest level of living in God's provision. You see, a lot of times people don't know where their money's coming from. They go right down to the wire the last minute, money comes in, and thank God for that. But the people who really have the money are the ones who know exactly how they're going to make it and where it's going to come from. And what I want you to see is that God is working both in the natural and in the supernatural. But when he worked in the supernatural, his ultimate aim was to bring people to the natural, where that they could live by the natural laws of seed time and harvest that he established. Those, my friends, are God's ways. God's ways are how he works. These are the things that allow us to know him, that allow us to know his character. Paul says, look, I've taken the mystery out of making money. I worked. And by laboring, I showed you how we support people. Paul was a big believer in work. And it was by working that he taught the churches to be blessings to others. That, my friends, is learning the laws of harvest, seed time and harvest. It's how God works. It's how God moves. So very often when we look for supply, we look foolishly for a miracle when in fact it might be better to think about what kind of harvest can I reap? Where have I planted my seeds? How do I participate in the supply that God's going to give me? Those are the ways of God. See you next time. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to 
MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.